Hi, I'm Amanda. I'm Divya. And this is... How did we get here? How did we get here? I don't know. How did we get here? We were in a very cramped room. It was very hot. It's like 2,000 degrees. Luke, our sound engineer is here. Luke, say hi. No. Luke is refusing! Luke is refusing to say hi. I promise there's a third person here, though. It's actually just my, uh... I don't know. I don't know where you're going. I don't know where you're going. Okay. Um, so what do we do here? What's our thing? What's our shtick? Our shtick? Yeah. Um, our shtick is that we try to play random association, but in an academic way. Is that what we're doing here? Yeah. Today, this week's theme is rodeo. Essentially, we're going to weave you two different stories that lead you to the theme rodeo, but it's going to start off in a way that's going to make you think, how did they get to rodeo? Did I cover that wall? Pretty much. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I guess our premise here is every increment of time that we will determine at some point, um, we will have a topic provided to us by our lovely sound engineer, Louis Wankin. Louis does not like the amount of shoutouts we've given him. Louis is not speaking. Um, he's here, however. And he will provide us with our next topic. Maybe even live. On the air. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> no, he's no, giving me nothing. No, no reaction. <laughs> um, but yeah, so every increment of time we'll have a new topic. And every single time we'll try to stump each other with a story that is somehow related to said topic. I suppose now we begin. Stories. Man the story. Drum roll. Oh, please. Divya, I'm fearful that you won't approve of my story. I approve of everything you do. Like a good friend. Alright, alright. Well, we're gonna jump into this then. Alright. Because, really, it's more of just a story. And at the very, very end, you'll find out how it connects. Okay. Deal? Yeah, let's awesome. do it. So first off, I just want to say all this information came from the New York Times, LA Times, and United Press International Archives. Awesome. What is this story? It is a story of revenge, a hostage situation, and a shootout with police. Ooh. Mm. Drama. Right? Alright, so on Monday, June 25th, 19... Fuck. 86? Mm -hmm. Can't read. Uh, a man named Stephen Leviticus, Vi Leviticus, like the Bible, one of them too. Is there a Bible thing like that? I feel like Leviticus, blah blah, blah Psalm thing. Yeah, whatever. I'm. I'm educated. I should know this. Any anyway. yeah, out of the two of us, who's more Christian? <laughs> Listen, you know my story. Yeah. Anyway, some dude entered a jewelry store after vowing revenge against the store, having believed that the store sold him fake jewelry. Oh. So, from this point forward, we start a 13 and a half hour standoff that ends with our dude in custody and three innocent hostages deceased. Sad. I know, very sad. It's unfortunate. Alright, so at 10 a.m., this dude walks into the store, and he's like, yo, give me a bunch of jewelry, I want all the money. Mm. And he's not good at what he's doing, so he immediately fails, and one of the employees triggers a silent alarm. 
that shuts down the entire store, mm -hmm. and a bunch of employees that are in the back of the store are able to escape through the back. There's like 15 people that get out just fine right in the first 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, so he's stuck with him, five hostages. A bunch of people show up. Police, not people. Mm. Yeah. Police are people too. What? Are we sure about that? Mm. Um, for the record, yes. Police are people. Um, and yeah, so this is like, at this point, shit goes wild. Um, he starts off, this guy is unstable. He starts off just being like, I'm going to kill the security guard because the security guard is here and definitely has a weapon on him. Meanwhile, the security guard really didn't have anything on him. He literally just had like a baton or something. And he, this, this robber dude was just like unhinged. So William Smith, security guard, passes away within the first like 10 minutes of this hostage situation. situation. Um, and at this point forward, we're in like full lockdown scenario. This mad ass dude is there with four other hostages now in an expensive ass jewelry store. The fact that this is an expensive ass jewelry store is super important. Okay. Reason being is because you would think with a dude that's this unhinged, they would be able to, the police would be able to just like get in there pretty quickly. You know, this dude might not make it out alive, but at least they'd be able to, you know. Storm the store, basically? Yeah, storm okay. the store. But because it's a very expensive jewelry store, it had impenetrable, in, oh my god, impenetrable glass. Uh huh. What are words? Thick ass walls and doors so no bullets could get through anyway. And there's only one entrance to the front and one entrance through the back. And he had barricaded the like back second door. So even if police came in through the back, he would be aware because of security cameras. Uh-huh. And then he also they wouldn't be able to get in to the main storeroom anyway. Right. So whatever like measures the jewelry store had to keep people from stealing their jewelry is now working to help this guy exactly. keep people hostage. Exactly. Okay. This Are you guy can sell this guy? Are you gonna get this later? He really, like, he just kind of seemed like not a great person. I don't really want to focus on him. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. He, like, it was very unclear even if his whole revenge scenario was true. He just seemed very mentally ill. All right. Yeah. Cool. So, he's here. People. Police are outside. They form a barricade. No one's getting in. No one's coming out for a very long time. So now we're going to go into a timeline of what happens over the next 13 hours. This is not a very long story. For them. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's 13 hours worth of story. <laughs> 13. We're going minute by minute. minute. Every second what was going on. The cashier breathed. Yeah. They gave him a nasty look. <laughs> exactly. Also, there's not... A ton of information like it was very hard to find consistent information between stories okay. and much information in general and I think that just like speaks to the period of time because it's from the 80s mm -hmm. um, so just keep that in mind as well so from what I was able to piece together pretty consistently 
officers arrive within the first like 10 minutes. This is when our dude kills our poor security guard, Smith. Um, and within the next hour, 50 officers had arrived and set up a full barricade in front of the store. And they also set up communication between the police and the, uh, our dude, the robber. Mm -hmm. The hostage E? Er? I don't know. The hostage Er? The hostager? Are you trying to reference the guy who's keeping people hostage? Yeah. The criminal? <laughs> the robber! Okay. Fine. <laughs> hostager. <laughs> So anyway, this guy, we do know his name is Steven, but at this point when he's setting up communication with the police, he's like, my name is John. I killed the security guard. I feel nothing about the fact that I killed the security guard. I will kill more people if I'm pushed to it, is like his message to the police immediately. Great person, right? Yeah, full on psychopath, but yeah. Now inside the store, there's the four other hostages or the four hostages. And one of them is a diabetic and his son comes down to the barricade area mm -hmm. and is like talking with the police the whole time. He actually speaks with the robber at one point. Over like the phone? Yeah. Okay. He's like, hey, is my dad okay? And the robber's like, I don't know what. I don't know which one's your dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna need a little bit more description. Okay. But they're, they're concerned about the dad because he has health problems. The three other people are, like, in relatively fine health, it seems. Mm -hmm. um, but because they're concerned about the one guy that's diabetic, they try to give them food. And the gunman, Robert, uh -huh. didn't take it. He shot the people who brought food? No, no, no. They didn't shoot. No, there was no shooting. No, 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 no. no, no. Wait, so how's he been killing people this entire time? He I killed see. one person. Right, he killed the guard's guy. Yeah, he killed the security guard. And okay. he stabbed the security guard to death. He had a gun. Okay, but he just chose stabbing? Yeah, because he's a dick. Okay, I mean, like, I'm just thinking energy-intensive-wise. Yeah. I feel like... No, this guy's totally unhinged. Okay. Yeah. Alright. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then they try to get food to this old guy. Yeah, so they're trying to get them food, so that the one guy is like, okay, you know, mm -hmm. keep his blood sugar up a little bit. But it's fucking bologna sandwiches. I get it. All right? If I'm a robber, I'm not risking my goddamn position over bologna sandwiches. So what? You wanted, like, gourmet cuisine? At the fucking least, give me a pizza. Every other hostage situation I've ever heard of, they do pizza. Maybe Why there's, like, a deli nearby and pizzerias were, like, scarce. Well, this is, this is weak-ass reasoning. All right? Okay. All right. All right. You know what? This... These police, cheap. Come on. You gotta think about it from the police department's perspective. What? Budgetary restrictions? They're like, we're underfunded. I'd rather buy myself pizza <laughs> than the robber who we're trying to kill. Oh my god, but what about the diabetic? Anyway. They didn't take the food. I didn't okay. get it, quite frankly. Probably soggy-ass bread, too. Uh-huh. Anyway, that's 3.30, so this is already five hours into our situation. Um, at 4.30 p.m., and for no fucking reason, I read through so many articles trying to figure out what was going on, some random dude 
unnamed, with a beard, walks through the police barricade mm-hmm. and attempts to enter the store. Okay. <laughs> Wait, he, so just like some random ass dude off the street? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He just like heard about what was going on on the news and was like, I'm just gonna pop down there and try to walk in the store. He has, they like arrested him and, you know, interviewed him and everything. He had no connection to the gunman <laughs> or any of the victims. He was just like, Wait, I don't he, know. They never cut, wrote down his motive. He was just like, you know what would be fun today? Pure chaos. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so why is this guy you? <laughs> I 100% see you doing no. that. Just to confuse everyone in the situation. This, listen, I'm not... Pure chaos, yes. But not where lives are at stake. Alright? Okay. Alright? You're chaos with a moral compass. Yeah, this I'll guy was you. like white savior energy. He thought he was going to stop everyone? That was his thing. He was like, yeah, I was trying to go in to help people. Oh, hey, you read too many Stanley comics is what I'm hearing. Okay. <laughs> yes. Um, all right. So that happened at 4.30. Now, at some point between 4.30 and 11.30, a second victim is killed. And this is Anne. Uh... Her last name is very Hale Perrin, is my best attempt. Okay. Yes. Uh, she was a saleswoman in the store. Mm-hmm. And this guy, the robber, killed her for no apparent reason. No reason is ever stated in any of the articles or anything. Okay. I can't imagine what possibly happened. She had initially been, you know, very cooperative. She probably him. just breathed wrong. Which, yeah. Maybe, honestly, because, like... Early on, when he's communicating with police and everything, she confirms that he had killed William Smith and had, like, agreed with everything and just been very cooperative and, you know, chill, right? Mm -hmm. Well, he shoots her execution style. Oh. Right? Yeah. Maybe it's, like, to induce fear in the other hostages. But by that time, you have, what, like, three left? Yeah. I feel like you don't need to do that. Yeah, I don't. I don't get it. Okay. I don't get it. Also, I'm really bad at math. William Smith was not one of the original hostages. There were six people, so... We have five left in the store. There's five left. Okay, not four. Okay. There's four now. Yes. Okay. Sorry about that. No, it's all right. I forgive you. Continue. (laughs) Thank you. All right, so around 11.30 now, this guy is like, all right, it's time. It's nighttime. I've got all the jewels that I could possibly want to replace my fake jewelry, mm-hmm. question mark. He's like, let's do this. We're going to get out of here. We're going to get out of here badass style. You know what this guy does? Okay. This is nuts. He ties the three hostages together in like a triangle form and then covers them with some sort of like canvas or shroud or something. And then he climbs into the middle. Of the triangle. Of the triangle. Okay. So he's like, I've got this. I'm going to be in a perfect position to be protected here. Okay. So they can't shoot at him. They can't shoot at him. Because the triangle doesn't have sides. Huh? Now I'm just trying to imagine what the formation looks like. There's still gaps between the hostage's head where they could shoot him in the middle. I think the point was more confusion 
Okay. So it would be hard to identify him, and they couldn't, like, take him out immediately or anything. Okay, okay. Yeah. Because triangles definitely have sides. So all the hostages are covered in canvas, and he's sitting in the center of it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They're all, like, he took some sort of, like, blanket-like thing Mm -hmm. and put it over all of them, and then he crawled into the middle. So he's, like, smushed. Okay. Like a bologna sandwich. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'm he's, getting a picture now. Okay. He's the bologna of this disgusting sandwich. I love it. The bologna anyway. sandwich is the main motif in this story so far. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I, I don't know why your bothers me so much. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway. We're not going there. We're not going okay, there. Okay, okay. But I now I'm really invested in this guy. <laughs> Being a dick? Yeah, I want to know how. Does he escape? No. He's You're so talking about the bloody sandwich technique did not work? No! No times when there was a bologna sandwich technique involved in this story did it work. No. No. Bologna sandwiches are just wrong. Wow. We're already so controversial on this podcast. I feel like people are going to come after us in the comments. I don't know who this metaphorical <laughs> audience is, but they hate us for hating bologna sandwiches. Did you know what audience? Honestly, people are going to listen to the first five seconds and just go, these people are on crack. Correct. Is that not entertaining for the masses nowadays? You make a good point. Yeah. You make a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, back to the unhinged story. Mm-hmm. So they're going out bologna sandwich (laughs) (laughs) and as they're coming out the back doors the police are ready they throw flash grenades at them to just like add to this fucking chaotic scene yeah and they've got SWAT teams there with snipers ready to go one dude is like let's let's go Mm -hmm. right and he shoots because he thinks he has a clear view of our Robert. Mm-hmm. Instead, he kills Hugh Skinner. Oh no. Yeah. Now, Hugh Skinner, I, I don't have any additional details. I'm guessing that he was also maybe a salesperson for the store. He was definitely an employee. Um, so we're down to three hostages remaining. Wait, I'm so bad at math. So we had six. Guard died. Yeah, no, I lied. There were five people the whole time. I'm so... Sorry. So we're now down to two is what you're telling me. We're down to two people. All right. If anyone who's invested in the number schematic of this hostage situation, I'm so sorry. You shouldn't be, honestly. Uh, um, invested wrong. in the number schematic? Okay. All yeah. right. All right. So there's one bad dude and five good dudes. And Guards down. So there's four left. Yes. And so went down. passed away first. So he was technically never a hostage, but he is included in the hostage numbers, which is why there's five in that. This is why it's five. Um, then Anne is killed, and then Hugh is killed, and there are two survivors. And the two survivors, Robert Taylor, who was our diabetic, mm-hmm. so the son gets his dad back. He's very happy. Um, and Carol Lambert, both made it out alive. Um, both were taken to local hospitals for some burns from the flash grenades, um, but they're both okay. Neither of them are even in critical condition. Robert's all right. Um, so they, they're good. We love it. Now, 
So they did eventually shoot this guy. They did not. They did not. He is taken into custody alive. Okay. Um, the police confiscate about $2 million in jewelry from this guy. He, if he made it, he would have friggin' made it. I mean, really, though, logistically, how do you sell all that? It seems like he didn't have a clear plan for anything. I mean, really, this guy is just not. Yeah, if you're going to steal stolen, I mean, sell stolen jewelry, you yeah. got to have a pretty good plan for how to sell it on the black market. Yeah, it was rough to... It was just rough. Yeah. Yeah, he really, like I said, unhinged from mm-hmm. the start. Yeah. So, taken into custody... Police recover everything. The store still exists. Mm-hmm. And this is Van Cleef and Apparels at 300 North Rodeo Drive. Oh. Beverly Hills, California. Ooh. Wow, I don't know why I pictured this entire story being set in New York. I think it was like the bologna sandwiches. <laughs> it just doesn't seem like a very Californian thing. What's this like a Beverly Hills thing? I feel like you have to go search for bologna sandwiches. Yeah, this is Beverly like Hills. this is even more my point on the bologna sandwiches. Why the fuck was it bologna sandwiches? They're in the middle of LA. You tell me they couldn't get a good salad? Yeah. Mm? Or a shitty pizza? That's sad. I know. So how did you come up with this? Where'd you start when you were crafting this story? That's a really good question. Honestly, at this point, it was so long ago that I just remember being like, I'm gonna be a sneaky bitch. And sneak in Rodeo Drive at the end? Yeah. yeah. Alright, I feel like now that we finish your story, my story is going to be way too complicated. I mean, does your story involve five or six <laughs> hostages? <laughs> um, maybe? Okay, no. we're starting story two. And in advance, I'm apologizing. We are about to get metaphysical. Never apologize. Metaphysical. Uh, we are. We're going to get metaphysical. Um, our story starts with John Baudrillard. Bo- Baudrillard? Baudrillard. We're going to go with Baudrillard for the sake of this podcast. Okay. If I am wrong with this pronunciation and anyone is listening, I would like to remind you that I am a first-generation immigrant do- and making fun of my accent is not funny. What? Do I need to do a... What? I can't read. Baudrillard? No, I could pronounce any of the names of mine. They were all like white people names. Oh, it's all right. This guy's French. Um, I'm going to give you some fun facts about him just because I think he's, he's fun. Um, he's born in northeastern France in, on July 27th, 1929. So it's like the end of the Great Depression. Or the beginning of it. Sorry. The beginning of it. No, the end. The end? No? No. Fuck The no. 1930s are the Great Depression. So That's right. It's like yeah. right before the Great Depression. We're talking Great Gatsby. Yep. All yep. right. Um, he attends the Sor- Sorbonne, and he starts out in literature, and he kind of switches over to sociology, okay? Mm-hmm. And when he hits sociology is when he starts to develop these, like, really amazing theories mm-hmm. about metaphysics and kind of, like, philosophy in general, mm-hmm. and that's kind of where we're going to start our story. Okay, and somehow, this is going to take us back to rodeo. Yes. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, I wanted to give you some fun facts, mainly because I thought you would enjoy these. Mm-hmm. He enjoys Baroque music and rock music, and one of his favorite brand- bands was the Velvet Underground and Nico. Oh my god. Yeah, this dude born <laughs> at the beginning of the Great Depression fucking <laughs> loves Velvet Underground and Nico. You know, the greats truly understand. Yep. 
He also is slightly problematic. He was married for a while. Um, and then in 1970, he meets this 25-year-old. So I want you to remember that he's like 40 at this point. Mm-hmm. And he get he while he's still married, okay? Mm-hmm. And the vibes are definitely off during this entire period. But he then <laughs> ends up marrying her in 1994. So when he's like 75... So, this is a French, so I'm assuming this woman was, like, his mistress. And he just yeah. waited till his wife got old enough and then dropped his wife for his mistress. I mean... So, he's French in all senses of the word. At least they met when she was 25. Because, uh... Because, uh... Our friend, Leo DiCaprio... Yeah, that's true. Leo's been dropping girls nonstop <laughs> at 25. <laughs> yeah. You said our friend, and I was like, wait. <laughs> Who of our friends is not also a 25-year-old? Divya, what are you talking about? You're my only friend. <laughs> You're my only friend. Fuck. You forgot Luke. Luke's here, guys. Luke's also our friend. No, he doesn't even count for me. Yeah, he doesn't. Your boyfriend can't be your best friend. I'll stand by this yeah, forever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so the most important thing that Baudrillard did for us, and that's going to really hit for us, is his kind of theories around post-structuralism, which is that meaning is brought through a system of signs working together. Essentially, that means like meaning is created through the difference between various objects, kind of like in relationships. Whoa, okay. So, so like to simplify it, like dog means dog because it's not like cat, tree, or goat. Does that make sense? This is like the book of Frendel. What is the book of Frendel? <laughs> this asshole kid shows up to school and he suddenly decides pens are no longer called pens. They're oh called my god. Frindle, Frindles. I remember this. Yes. <laughs> that book was touching on post-structuralism. Um, Wonderful. So his whole theory, his like addition on top of this is that like subjects can never really understand the object unless the object is being understood in reference to what it's not. Oh my god, that's like last night when I immediately realized you were talking about your mirror. What? You Wait, called I it a headlight. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We, were at, we came out of the car and I was like, oh, someone broke my headlight. And it wasn't my headlight, it was my side mirror. And Luke was very confused, but Amanda immediately understood what I was talking yeah, about. But it was because I saw the object. In reference. And didn't relate it at all to the word you were saying. Yep, yep. I just related it to the scenario. Um, but because, like, we're understanding everything in relationships to each other, mm-hmm. he says that, like, when a subject is trying to understand a new object, we're try- we're being essentially seduced by the nature of that object. Oh. Because, like, we're understanding in this, like, all these different relationships. And the more you try to connect different objects and ideas and concepts, mm-hmm. the more that this reference framework is just going to collapse in on itself, creating, like, a hyper-reality. So that's Baudrillard's big contribution. And so we're going to play with this idea of hyper-reality for a little bit more. Oh my god. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, the, the way I came across Baudrillard was when I was writing my paper on Inception. It was my freshman thesis. And I read um, one of his treatises called Simulacra and Simulation or mm-hmm. something like that. Something along those lines. But I think those concepts are what's going to filter in... Um, the story so simulacra is what he calls it the truth which conceals none so it depicts things that have no original or no longer have an original wait wait wait. 
Repeat that again? Yes. So simulacra are things that no long that have no like original meaning or no longer have an original meaning. Okay. It'll make sense when we put it in concept, but I want to do the definitions first. I mean, I'm thinking of one very unfortunate word, but I'm not going to say it right now. No, say it. No. All right. So much mystery. Thank you. This is my story. Stop adding mystery. I'm adding bull. I'm adding bullshit. Just all right. Go. Okay. Go. Okay. Go. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. Um. The second word we're going to define is simulation, which is the imitation of a real world process, real world process, or a real world system over time. Okay. So he creates this like how he thinks reality perverts into that simulacrum. And it starts with when you try to copy a image or copy faithfully, okay? Mm-hmm. So we're like looking at something and we're trying to create, recreate it mm-hmm. and in faith, in good faith. Um, something happens that ends up like creating a perversion of that reality. And then the third step is that there's an absence of that reality where the sign pretends to be a faithful copy. Mm-hmm. But, but now it's only signs and images. You know, that's really funny. Mm-hmm. This is actually why I hate pictures. Okay. Like, I don't like taking pictures on hikes and stuff because mm-hmm. I feel like they're not faithful to the original. It's like, I was there. I saw it. Why do I need a picture of it? The picture's not as good as what I saw. Yes, I would say that's, like, the second one. Where right, it's like you feel like it's a perversion of a reality. Right, Yeah. yeah. But it doesn't mean that it's, like, it's not something pretending to be the faithful copy. It's not the same. (sighs) Um, And then you enter pure simulacrum, which is one that has no relationship to reality whatsoever. So our simulation has essentially become, like, a hyper-real. So it uses components of reality to create something that's utterly new and can exist and develop on its own. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm going to say we're done with all the definitions portion of this. I'm going to use this to take us to the wild, wild west. Are we setting the scope? Yes. Uh, oh, the scope of the project. Wait, Divya. Mm-hmm. Divya. Uh. I think I figured it out. No. Do you want me to stay quiet? No, tell me. Is is it because you're saying that a rodeo is just a like perverse simulation of the wild west? In simplicity. Okay. All right. Yeah, but let me walk you through how we get there. Okay. Okay. So, our, our, so we're going to start with the Wild Wild West, when the West is happening, and we're doing the whole Manifest Destiny and expanding into the West. Oh, we need some music. Did you say, who needs some music? <laughs> Ooh, we need some music. We need to, like... da 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 Yeah. <laughs> we do. So, boom, 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 boom. There's a little... That was a terrible gun sound. Yeah, it kind of sounded like Mario Kart. <laughs> Is Mario Kart a simulation? Yes. Elements of reality to create a hyper-real. Um, so we, we meet this painter guy, okay? His name is Remington. Okay, Remington is... Uh, he definitely exists before Baudrillard does, right? The gun dude? Remington? Remington guns? No. I've never painter. heard of that. He's a painter. Yes, he's a painter. Yep. Okay. He, Sorry. but he is a big like collector and studier of Western artifacts. So he like definitely does collect rifles. So I wonder if that's what you're thinking of. Yeah, Remington rifles is a thing, but I don't know if it's him. 
I don't think there are that many people named Remington. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay. Um, when he's painting, though, he's, like, he's got all these artifacts, right? Mm-hmm. And he, like, does really great paintings of these artifacts, but puts the artifacts in, like, a battle scene. Or, like, a, um, what is the other one he did? Like, cowboys resting their cows to go, whatever. I truly, I'm sorry, I just imagined, like, a bunch of guns laying down, but then, like, somebody just poured ketchup over them. Like, they just stabbed each other, like, guns at war with themselves. Because <laughs> you said battle scenes, but I was only thinking about the artifacts. Why would you use ketchup, though? Because it's blood! Oh. <laughs> you have blood on your hands. I don't know. I have ketchup on my hands. Oh. <laughs> uh, Sorry. I'm going to let you sit with that, just for a little bit. Maybe that should be the cover of this podcast. <laughs> It's just a bunch of Remington rifles covered in ketchup. <laughs> that, yeah, that's... I'm mentioning Remington, okay? But there's a lot of Western artists who did the same thing, where they take these, like, they're, like, really well-detailed artifacts, but then places them in the scene that he's created of, like, Indians fighting cowboys or, like, women on the homestead, blah, 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 right? Okay. So, like, if you're relating this back to our simulation and simulacra thing... They're taking these Facebook images and copies, and then they're perversing. What's the what's the verb of perversion? I mean, they're they're essentially bastardizing what the world really is. Yeah, they yeah. they're like they're taking these. They're, it's very realistic, right? People are very impressed by the level of detail. Yeah, and so like the reality from those rifles is kind of bleeding into whatever scene they decide to create. Mm-hmm. They're like, if the rifles are real, everything else that they're showing is real. Yeah, like the whole white saviorism. Like, protecting the homestead, Anglo-Saxon glory. Yeah. You know? Meanwhile, everyone in the West was just trying to fucking survive and not get murdered. Exactly. (laughs) Um, So I kind of thought of this because I wrote a very similar paper on Westworld, which, for those of you who haven't seen it, should see it. Westworld is amazing. Just like season one and two. Yeah, I didn't want... I think I started season three and I was like, what is going on? Yeah. Yeah. But in Westworld, they're kind of doing the same thing. Like, things are very hyper-realistic. And they have these, like, robots that act as hosts. So now not only are there, like, great replicas of guns and stuff, there's also great replicas of human beings. But they're also perversions of reality because they're playing, like, character tropes. So one's, like, the whore. One's, like, the prude who's, like, you're trying to save. Mm -hmm. One's, like, a wild, wild cowboy. And the Indians and that kind of stuff. So this is, like what we what the west could become essentially we go from that perversion of reality to like the absence of reality where our sign is being a faithful copy to pure simulacrum Mm -hmm. mainly because the simulation then starts to have a life of its own so our host gained control over it and our host which started out as a representation of an ideal of a reality are now having control over the entire thing Okay. I brought this up because I think it relates to the rodeo in an incredible way. One is that, like, we've created people instead of robots to play the roles of those robots. Yes. Right? Yeah. So, like, we, and, but what we've done is we've, like, we, they pretend within the fences of it. Mm-hmm. It's, like, as soon as, like, they're, like, rough, lawless cowboys, they've, like, there's so much, like, 
primping and stuff that goes into this. They're wearing like the big cowboy boots. They're walking out. They're showing off their bravado. And like, they're like, I'll fight this bull and I'll get injured and I don't care because it's for the good of the land and America. Um, But then as soon as they get hurt, guess what's happening? They're getting carted off with like really nice stretchers to a hospital where they get full medical care. Yeah. They're not dying out on the fields under with like Remington rifles, you know what I mean? So that is kind of my story. It's like a I think that um, like rodeo is like the tamest form of the Western simulation. Yeah, it's like our little mini Westworld, mm-hmm. where like the medium is like shifted and blended, and we're seeing kind of like a small, nice version of conservative America, where the law- the lawless cowboy plainly believes in us versus them. I think it also, not to get political, is also a really good metaphor for Donald Trump. So. (laughs) Not to get political. No, but when he did get COVID, guess who also got, like, the great booster dose and all the, what was it, the plasma and the antigens and everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's one thing to his followers, and he's something to everything else. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah, I agree. That's a yeah, great analogy. So just to recap, we started in France with a guy who loves rock and roll and yep. bitches. Mm-hmm. And we ended at the rodeo and a metaphor for conservative America. And that was my story. Beautiful. Thank you. Show-stopping. Wow. Yeah, I took us a lot into metaphysics. How are you doing this thing? Honestly, it was very, it was a small dose of metaphysics. I feel like it was done in a very healthy way. Thank you. We are not, our brains aren't exploding. Um, Fantastic. Fantastic, yeah, yeah. We're doing way better than most of the characters in Westworld, so. For now. But if you think about it, maybe the entire country is Westworld. Just want to let that sit. All of our politicians definitely apply with the same yep construct but anyway aside from that we should figure out a way to close this oh thanks for coming everybody thanks y'all for joining us at the rodeo we need a topic oh yes are you choosing lewis yeah what's our fucking topic okay so the topic for next week is something related to vampires Oh, vampires! Vampires! Our our teenage Didia. Oh yes, this is my entire youth that we're now referencing. I have so much. She may not make it through this. We also have to talk about our Romeo and Juliet lesbian vampires at some point. We'll give you guys a sneak peek. We'll definitely just talk about it for the sake of talking about it. I mean, I feel like if our audience doesn't know, we've found the wrong audience. Our love story is kind of gory. Words. (laughs) I think they just, they're the motto of my life. Ugh. Okay. Terrible. Just so everyone knows how much hard work we put in, we're all sweating immensely. God. So I think we'll sign off. Yeah, we need some friggin' air conditioning. Yeah, that might be an improvement for the next podcast. Thank you, anyone who was able to stomach it through all, all the this. way through that. Yeah. 